This is Women in a Day, a podcast created to give a deep look at the daily lives of women of all kinds, from sunrise to sunset, with Jenny Halzer and Portia Hensley. Hello, welcome to Women in a Day podcast. Today we have our guest, Tracy Benjamin. Jenny, give us her bio. Okay, so most people know Tracy by her name of Shutterbean, which is her website and also her Instagram account. Tracy is a food photographer and a blogger who has a very strong emphasis on bringing creativity into everyday life. And I'm really excited to talk to her as a fan and an appreciator. <laughs> Hi, Thank Tracy. you. It's good to be here. <laughs> How are Hi. you? I'm doing all right. How are you? We're good. We're having very San Francisco weather today here in Colorado. So you are. Oh yeah. Yeah. The fog is rolling in. And so it feels appropriate to be chatting with you. I hope you're dressing in layers. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things we like to talk about with guests, we had talked a lot about what are people's favorite parts of the day, but we're also curious to know what is a part of the day that you find to be most challenging? Oh gosh, the morning on a weekday because I have to motivate myself and my child to get out of the house and there's just like so many moving parts to the morning and every day is different. So uh, as long as I get him to school on time, then it's like, okay, I can breathe. And he's nine, yes? Yeah, nine and in third grade, my son Cooper. Do you find it easier now that he's getting older or not so much? Um, Yes, because now I can tell him to make his lunch. And so that's great. But he's like a dilly-dallier. <laughs> so, oh, so is mine. Oof. Yeah. And like he will fight me to brush his teeth. Like he won't brush his teeth. And then it's just like back and forth. And I just don't know how people can leave the house without brushing their teeth. <laughs> so it's just like a mental fight in the morning when I'm trying to wake up, you know. They say you get the kid you need. So I bet that means that you're like really type A and organized and we've moved past that get the dilly dallier in my house. And we now have the one of like the fight to take the shower. And just when you think you've like won that battle, then someone comes out of the shower wearing the same clothes they had on from the sweat. And it makes me want to just crawl out of my skin. I think that's a boy thing. Maybe yeah, Cooper will put on his um, old underwear after he showers. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? But the lazy part of me then is like, well, but that's less laundry. <laughs> so. You're like, well, he wore that for maybe five hours. Just flip them backwards. Like. Turn those undies inside out and you'll be just fine. <laughs> and that's where the sniff test comes in. I'm, I'm, really oh, starting, I'm a late learner. I'm a, I'm a slow learner when it comes to this, but I'm like, okay, it's all, all the stereotypes are coming true. These are these are life skills. We have totally. to teach them that. <laughs> so yeah, the morning I would say is probably the most challenging. What's your favorite part of the yeah. day, Tracy? Ooh, um, I like the evenings after my son goes to bed because the house is really quiet and it's like my brain isn't interrupted by kids stuff. So I can get really focused, and that's when I do most of my writing work for my blog and. I really love editing photos. It's like people play Bejeweled on their phones, but I just love (laughs) editing photos instead. So I get into really good creative zones in the evening. And then sometimes if I've done all of my work, then I can just like loaf and watch 
TV. So I would say evenings. Do you find that most of your days look the same or no? I have the whole school routine to kind of nail my, pin my day down, but um, every day is really different. It's like, what can I accomplish today? That's probably the most challenging part as a freelancer is trying to schedule my day because I'm super schedule oriented, but then I bite my schedule back and forth um, because I get really bored. Tracy, tell us, tell us for our listeners and for me who aren't um, as stalker, stalkerish as, as Jenny is, (laughs) (laughs) tell us. Tell us um, how you got into, because I know a little bit, I've seen your Instagram and I've seen your photos on Shutterbean. Tell us how you got into that. How did you become Shutterbean and Um, what what is it all about for your elevator speech? Let's see. I started my blog 11 years ago because I really, I was really into Flickr. Do you know Flickr? Yes. And I really enjoyed the photography community. Were you a photographer before? Yes. Okay. I went to art school and okay. I just felt a little bit lost because I wasn't putting my art into practice and I was working in an office and people were starting live journals. Do you remember those? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, live journals. And I had one. And then I, from live journal, I started to get into Flickr. And then I realized that I had all this work that I wasn't doing anything with. So I had my boyfriend who's now my husband, I had him create a website for me and it was, you know, shutter as in, you know, the camera shutter and bean. Cause that was the nickname <laughs> that he gave me. So, you know, Cute. I started it 11 years ago. The internet was a little bit different, but very um, different. Yeah. The reason why I started my blog is because I wanted to be accountable to my creativity. It also forced me to think about my life in a different way and meet people online. I found a lot of friends through my website because it's easier to attract like-minded people when you're putting yourself out there. So yeah, I just have been keeping it up for the past 11 years. I started out taking pictures of stuff around the house and then I started challenging myself to do recipes and it was a great way for me to practice my photography which is what I studied in school and then I mixed um, my the graphic design background that I had in with it and so over the years my work has totally changed and it's really cool to see it's been like this online diary of my creativity. I know it's a big um you know, it's a big discussion among people who have a blog or a website of like, when do you leave your day job to pursue that full time? But I imagine for you, when you started this 11 years ago, that was not really a thing in in the way it is now. So what was that like? No, um, it's really funny because if you go back in time and look at old blog posts, you can see that people used to comment It used to be, like, more of a community, and then... A conversation, I think. Yeah. um, When I first got into it, I never thought of monetizing my blog. I never thought of sponsorship. I never thought of any of that. So I didn't go in with those intentions. It just sort of morphed into that. I feel a little bit sorry for people who are starting blogs now because there's so much pressure 
to be successful <laughs> and that pressure just was not there when I started it was just like here share here's some pictures you know I totally agree and I think start a conversation one thing that you are excellent at is deciding which parts of your life and which parts of your day to share and I see so many people now that you can tell it's almost like a feeling of resignation like if I'm gonna make this successful and get followers and all that I just have to share everything and I have to be constantly doing it and I really that's a it's very tough I I totally sympathize with people who are trying to get any kind of traction because there is sort of that expectation now that you just totally give over your whole life yeah and it's it has become a curated experience so everything is is supposed to be a picture perfect and people don't understand the repercussions of that (laughs) You know, they don't understand how other people interpret that information. And it can also really alienate you. That's not something that anybody really talks about. How so? Like, for example, here I edit photos, right? I edit them. I make sure to remove, like, crap that's in the background, whatever. But because I put out really nice photos and maybe some of the things that I put out are organized. People think that I'm like this organizing freak. Um, (laughs) People also are, they get intimidated and I can't control that. Like it's really one of the things that I face is a lot of people don't invite me over for dinner because they're so scared to cook for me. (laughs) Wow. They'll qualify things like, oh, my God, you know, my cooking is awful. Like, you don't want to come over to my house and da-da-da. And that's so wrong. (laughs) It's so wrong. Um, I would love a home-cooked meal. I really would. Not cooked Um, by you in your home. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I would love somebody to take care of me, you know. But that's kind of an interesting repercussion of it. I mean, one of the moms at school gave me a jar of apple butter and I told her how delicious it was and she was like, you you have no idea how confident you have to be to give you anything. And no. I was like, oh, no, that's not who I am. So I think that is really the hard part of all of this is that you can't um, control how somebody interprets the information that you put out there. That's not something that I ever expected. Well, it's part of your brand is this kind of perfection and this look of perfection, but then that might not necessarily be who you are, but that's what you're selling. And so people probably associate you with that. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, But, you know, nobody really wants to see a picture of my laundry pile. Right. Right. I was going to say. Right. Yeah, it, it turned into a nice escape from our own laundry piles to go and look at other people's perfection. But you're right. right. Then it turns into this whole thing of like, well, I bet they don't have this problem. I bet they don't have this issue. And yeah. then the expectations start creeping in and the self-doubt. Tracy, do you think what you're trying to do, is it either you're trying to kind of document your life and give images of your life, or are you trying to show these aesthetically pleasing images of things? Is it one or the other? Is it both? Or do people think that you're doing the former, you're trying to document your life, but you're really just trying to show some beautiful images? 
I just really want people to see a different point of view. And part of it is finding the beauty in everyday life. So I do a lot of artistic photos. It's not just like what we've eaten. I just want people to celebrate their life and find beauty in, in everyday. It's not my intention to be like, hey, look, I have a perfect looking pantry, which I don't. I kind of also just want to break free from that perfectionism and show people that cleaning up is totally doable. Straightening up is easy if you set a timer, you know? I just want to kind of inspire people more than anything. And that's why I kind of play around with Instagram stories because I don't want people to think that I am super anal and very serious. And I think Does that, that makes sense. Yes. And I think that you're bringing creativity into everyday life is something that has really touched on something with a lot of people. And just from what I've seen as a casual observer, it's really grown. Yeah. Because I do think of you as like the master of rituals and you are so good about yeah. bringing little rituals that anyone can do in five or 10 minutes, no matter where you are. What are some of the ones that you think people find the most expiring expiring <laughs> inspiring can you tell us about some of those like the handwriting club and oh yeah I started an Instagram called the handwriting club because I read this book called you can change your handwriting and you can change your life I'll send you a link to the book if you want I started to make this shift a couple of years ago the internet got really loud and really too busy for me and I was cranking out recipes and I just wasn't having fun in it anymore and I had to figure out what it is that drew me into the internet in the first place and it was my artistic expression so I started focusing on art because I'm not I'm not I never wanted to be a food blogger I just really wanted to have a place to do my art and share it so I just got really sick of like buying ingredients making a recipe having this fast pace of life and then like never making the recipe again so I wanted to show people how I achieve sanity and it's through creativity um, so I just decided to share my practice along the ride and I don't know I've just been I started this whole handwriting thing because my brain is kind of right brain left brain split I have this like organizing nature but I'm also super creative so I couldn't really figure out if I wanted to live on a computer or on paper do you ever find that yes. yourself mm -hmm. and so I got really into bullet journaling do you know what that is? Yes. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and when I started doing that, I realized like how many other people really love paper and writing just like I did. And I kind of found my people and they weren't necessarily like food people. They were like people like me who love pens and, and pencils and, you know, paper. And that really made me more excited than anything in my blog. So I just started working on that. Did I answer your question? Yeah, so how does I've got the handwriting club work? I had this lifelong dream of having a P.O. box, and 
I was really deliberate about it. I went around my area and I picked out the post office that my mom used to take me to when I was a kid. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so I got a PO box and it just seemed so magical and like super romantic that you could drive up and maybe find a letter there. You know, email is such a beast. Uh, email used to be fun and I used to have like letters and correspondence with my friends, but now email is a chore. So I kind of wanted to go back in time and figure out how to have more meaningful connections with with people. Because if you write a letter to somebody, it's like so deliberate, right? You're sitting down and it's not just liking or hearting something online. No, I mean, so, if you got a letter now, I feel like most of us would be like, "This, I can't believe you did this. I'm going to frame this. Like, you would keep it yeah. forever. It's a very yeah. different experience. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's something so nice about it. And I felt really isolated online. Like, I have 59,000 followers on Instagram, but, like, I don't really know these people. Right. You know, I know a few people who comment all the time or uh, keep up with me, but I really wanted to have a connection with people. So that was missing online. And so I invited people to write me letters and then I got in over in my head and I just started getting so many letters. And How many are you typically getting now? Well, I have to write letters back. So I'm like in this kind of lull, but I have like <laughs> hundreds of letters to write back and I'm just kind of overwhelmed. Like, So you told people that you would be their pen pal, essentially. You told these um, 59,000 people that if they wrote you, you would write them back. That's why I started Handwriting Club on Instagram because I figured like the people who were diehard Shutterbean fans and liked that aspect of what I was doing would, I don't know, maybe take the time to write. And they did. Wow. So I just didn't anticipate what was going to happen. So, yeah, I I was consistently getting, like, maybe 20 to 30 letters a week. And then it it became, like, email. Like, oh, my God, I can't. Right. That's a lot. So it's kind of like a be careful what you wish for. I have a little nine-year-old pen pal, and he's too hard to keep up with for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have a little badge buddies program at the police department. It's cute. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, my son has two pen pals through this handwriting club. That's cool. So Um, I'm curious to know, like, when people send you these letters, I'm guessing it's one of those things, like, once people actually sit down to write a letter, it's like the well is open. Yeah. And so I'm guessing you, they're not just like, oh, what a fun idea. Like, oh, have you read this book? I'm guessing you get some pretty intimate (laughs) content. They're all pretty amazing. Some people will pour their hearts out in a letter and it's unbelievable. I, there's such a level of intimacy in writing a letter that you don't get from an email or just like a message online. Yeah, some people have told me like some of their deepest secrets. And <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, not gonna lie. No um, crimes that they've committed. You're like a priest. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I get a lot of really good feedback about what I'm doing, so that's really helpful. And uh, my mom died in like around Thanksgiving, and so after she died, I just got hundreds and hundreds of letters from mm-hmm. people, and like that kept me going. I'm sure. Because, yeah, it was insane. So yeah, I just really wanted a more intimate connection with people, and when you get to see people's handwriting and you see how people decorate the cards and people send me quotes because they know I love quotes and some people like this woman sent me this box and it was full of all of her old watercolor supplies (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that's um, sweet I really need to share more of what I've been getting because it's amazing (laughs) but I just didn't anticipate how much love I would be getting back from people really didn't it just helped me realize that there's still good in this world you I'm know? sure that I well, really needed to see that and especially now the more saturated the internet gets the more saturated our own lives get with technology I think even when people are like oh I'm gonna take the time to comment on this photo or send this person a DM it's like what's the fastest easiest way I can say what I want to say in the least amount of letters you know, so it's like just yeah. even the act of writing a full sentence <laughs> feels yes. like a very intentional thing to do these days. And having a stamp and right. sending it in the mail, you know, writing somebody's address down. Those are those are really important things that helped me develop as a child. And it sort of pains me to see that that practice is kind of become obsolete. Was there a point at which you really started to take off? You really saw this blog and your Instagram page really take off? It's just been like a slow roll uphill. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, it hasn't, I have not become an overnight success. I've become a part of people's routines and that's enough for me. I don't really want to be gigantic because it seems like there's a lot of expectations that are placed on you and you can place on yourself when you have that many people watching what you do. No, it's really sort of like you're opening the door and the window at that point. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And it's tough as somebody who's kind of private and somebody who's an introvert. It's a lot to handle sometimes being online. So you talked about your mom a little bit and her passing, but it really, just from the snippets that I've seen when your mom was here and you would share things with her, she really seems like someone, I mean, like just, I think it was, was it when you were cleaning out her kitchen maybe? Did she, was it crossword puzzles? Where was something that she had a ton of? Oh yeah, my mom, she started the day with crossword puzzles. She did that for many, many years. My mom was so smart, and she loved challenging her brain. She was really sharp. And so um, when I was cleaning out my parents' house, I found so many crossword puzzle books. And I don't do crossword puzzles. I really like word searches. That's where my brain goes. And so um, I figured I know that people who love crossword puzzles love them. So... um, I went and collected them, and I went around my area. You know those free libraries, the mini Mm -hmm. libraries? 
Do you know what those are? Yes. So I went around town and I dropped off my mom's crossword puzzle books and I spread them out in my community just to make sure that somebody else was getting good use out of my mom's books. So it felt, I don't know, it felt really nice and a really good way to honor my mom, you know. Talking about just authenticity and being genuine, one of your favorite hashtags of mine is keep grief weird. So, oh, yeah. Can you talk to us um, a little I bit started, about that? Yeah, I started that after my mom died because, to give you a little background, my mom died, she went into the hospital the day before Thanksgiving and then she had sepsis in her stomach. So, she had this major infection that we didn't know about. and it took her life on Black Friday. So the day before I was in Thanksgiving mode, I was like ready to have people over at my house. And- um, Which is probably a really big thing for you with what you do. Well, to give you background, I've spent every Thanksgiving with my, my parents and my mom was like really traditional. And the past five years I started hosting Thanksgiving. So. I was in Thanksgiving mode, you know, and also as a food blogger, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. Thanksgiving. I was like ready to share all of that, ready to like tackle that. And then my life just changed. And so I, my mom died and then it was Black Friday and I went online and I was looking at my Instagram and people were getting excited for Christmas and they were showing all their Thanksgiving meals and I was like this is so weird I didn't have Thanksgiving and um, we're already in Christmas mode it felt like I was in a coma I don't know how to explain it other than that but I really didn't like what I was seeing on the internet because it was so different than what my reality was right and so um, life just felt really weird and I didn't want to fake anything that was going on. I didn't want to be like, oh, we're having wonderful Christmas and da 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 da. It just didn't feel genuine to me. And I also, when I started sharing some of the stuff that was happening after my mom died, like going through her stuff and finding like 80 pairs of reading glasses. Um, well, that's the thing, because she, it wasn't like your mom was ill. It's like she was just removed from her everyday life. Yeah, she, when yeah. my dad found my mom, she was making pumpkin pie. So, um, she was doing, she was like still doing her regular stuff. <laughs> so, um, it was just a very weird time. And when I, and it's, still is a weird time but when I started sharing my journey so many people were like me too and oh my goodness I can't believe that and I just wanted people to know that grief is a weird thing it really is it's like especially a parent and I'm 38 so I'm relatively young um it's just so weird so I didn't want I don't want to gloss over what has happened to me. I want people to understand that grieving takes time. It's a very weird process. And when somebody who normally would have helped you through the experience is the one that died, it's just even weirder. Right. Um, 
And yeah, just so. that's and like the, the timing of that is so tricky because now you're a parent. So that's like a huge time of the year when you have this sense of responsibility to your own yeah. kid to like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to do yeah. all the normal stuff. Sure, I'll make you hot cocoa. <laughs> and like, then I'll go cry yeah. in the bathtub. I was, um, to tell you the truth, do kids listen to this podcast? I mean, my 11-year-old does our website content, but okay. he's a pretty, <laughs> he I won't was, judge. <laughs> I was having um, a really hard time during the month of December because we worked on my mom's funeral and all that stuff. And so Christmas was like challenging, but I was also like, oh my God, my kid is asking me about Santa and we're going to Los Angeles this Christmas, which is like the first time ever not having Christmas at home and I wasn't sure I'm like do I drop the Santa thing do I tell him and I was having a really rough time with that because he wasn't sure if Santa was coming to Los Angeles and there are all these things on top of grief that you have to navigate through and that was one of them but Santa came to Los Angeles and miraculously you know uh, filled his stockings when we got our stockings when we got homes so I just was really fighting for that because I really didn't want I wasn't emotionally equipped to drop that bomb on him yet you know like we right. just lost my mom. <laughs> Let me so, ask you this, because I'm always curious, as a blogger and as someone you know who has a big social media presence, had you felt like the right thing for you to do would be to say, I'm taking two months off because I just don't want to share anything. I just need to, to deal with some stuff. Do you feel like you could do that? Or does that feel like that's not an option? That's a good question. Um, part of the process for my healing is sharing. Um, so, and I've never really taken a break from my blog. I really haven't because part of it keeps me going, my creativity and everything. I took a step back. I wasn't posting as much as I used to. And I, I have this series on my blog called my everyday life where I take photos every week and share them. So I put more emphasis on that and created a discussion through that but I really kind of stopped cooking for a bit and I wasn't motivated to do that because I just needed to get through the day you know right and I needed to have other people take care of me and you know get takeout because I didn't feel like doing that so I kind of cut back in a way that felt easier for me and I gave myself permission to um not have that pace that I used to have. So I'm slowly getting back in in the ring. The hardest part of all of it is that my mom used to read my blog. Like she would call me up and be like, I can't believe that person wrote that. And how cool is that that they're making my coffee cake? She was <laughs> she was my number one cheerleader. And so I didn't always have the best relationship with my mom, but our relationship really flourished when she got to see a different side of me and that was through my blog. That's interesting. Yeah, because we would have stuff to talk about and sometimes it would be super annoying, but 
she really cared about what I was doing. And so the hard part now is that I'm the only female in my family left. And so my dad never reads my blog. My brother reads it inconsistently, but I don't have that person to kind of write for, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does Um, make sense. Because I used to, like, write in little jokes for my mom or, like, (laughs) just little things. And so knowing that she's not on the other end reading kind of sucks. So um, it's taken me a little while to find my voice back again. Thinking about your mom reminds me a lot of my grandmother, and she was a big letter writer. And if, like, we'd be out at a restaurant or something, and if she had a bad meal, she wouldn't say anything to the waiter she would just, like, set down her silverware and say, like, well, when I get home, I guess I know what letter I'm writing. <laughs> and, like, but, but there is, like, so she was, like, a, you know, she wrote letters to complain. She wrote letters to say good things. Like, but there was always, like, that cooling off period. You know, there was a nice tone to it and a very positive tone. But yeah. I just think, like... Even back then, I was like, you can't write a letter saying that your soup was cold. Oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. We can never show our face there again. And I just think, like... I look at Yelp now. Oh, my gosh. That stuff has the ability to make businesses or ruin them. Right. Totally. No, totally. Um, Yeah, I... If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Uh, That's my rule. It's like, and if some somebody bothers you online, just unfollow them. I think it's weird that people can spend so much time hating on somebody else. It's like, put well, that energy into loving yourself and, and not caring about somebody else. Like, like I tell my son, if somebody says something mean to you, it, it has nothing to do with you. It's all really about themselves. It's very true. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. I know your dad might not be as engaged with what you yeah. do on the date on a day-to-day basis, but how have you seen your relationship with him change since your mom passed? Oh, um, that's actually been really tough because my mom was really like the spark and the light in our family. She really engaged all of us together. So my dad's not a huge talker. My dad's, like, super pragmatic and very structured and disciplined. And my mom was, like, a free spirit. So um, it's just such a different energy. I think that's the adjustment. And also seeing my dad from a perspective of not having a wife is kind of challenging to experience, too. Um, He and my mom were, like, a unit. So, um, my dad's lost a ton of weight and I know, but I'm also like, what was mom feeding you? (laughs) I was going to say, wait, Um, did he need to lose weight? (laughs) uh, Too much coffee cake. So spelt. I'm like, geez. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a a big adjustment because, you know, you don't really realize what you have until it's gone. And so losing somebody important in your life is sort of like having you know being an amputated it's like you have this muscle memory of how you're supposed to act right or how and it all has to be kind of rewritten you know there's just adjustments that need to be made and i really do 
I've always felt compelled to help my dad, but he's super independent and he doesn't need my help. So it's just a very weird feeling, you know. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Tracy, you can go to our website, womeninadaypodcast.com. And you can find us on our Instagram, or you can find Tracy at Shutterbean and at Shutterbean.com. There's also the Handwriting Club, too, on Instagram. Oh, yes. If you're curious about the Handwriting Club and you want to flood Tracy's P.O. box and (laughs) (laughs) and get something back in 10 to 12 months when she's caught up on her backlog. Make sure you check that out, too. Well, thank you again, Tracy, and everyone who's listening. Thank you so much.